as wellness expands to well-being, and well-being includes a financial health component. What are the challenges and solutions facing employees? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Jameson Fauver. Jameson is Director of Business Development at Cashable which is an innovative employee benefit that's solving a problem that, while it's not unique, it's something that most advisors, until recently, haven't really thought much about or haven't dealt with. But it's pretty pervasive. And we invited Jameson to talk about that and to help share some of the solutions. So with that, welcome, Jameson. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. As we move to broaden wellness out to well-being, and it becomes more holistic and takes care of the entire employee, financial health is one of the components that lots of folks are starting to talk about. But there's an employee problem in the financial health thing that's real close to home that nobody's talking about. Could you enlighten our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to try. You know, I think one thing that people started to recognize, perhaps after the recession, is that employers could take a more involved approach to their employees' finances. And one thing that we've seen a lot of people addressing, a lot of vendors addressing, is that employees' For the most part, 76% of American workers live paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, what happens during emergencies? How can you help those employees? How can the employer step in? So those are some of the things that we're trying to address. So you, you mentioned one little statistic, but I know there's a lot more behind that. How big actually is this problem? It's huge. And I think a lot of the, you know, executive level players probably aren't as aware of it because they're just so far from the issue and it's not their fault by any means. But yes, 76% of American workers live paycheck to paycheck and about 50% of those workers only have or have less than a thousand dollars in savings. So when an emergency pops up, call it a out of pocket medical expense, car repair, emergency home improvement, you know, for a flood in your basement. Employees don't have a lot of good places to turn. They're generally turning to number one would be a 401k loan. So kind of depleting their retirement income. Number two might be credit cards. And then three could be a high interest loan. And the reason that they're going to these three options is because banks, your traditional bank, Bank of America, JP Morgan, just isn't in the business of offering unsecured loans to consumers. So that's where the employer has the opportunity to step in and offer programs that extend emergency credit to employees at low cost. 
And they're in a unique position to sort of change the risk profile of those consumers so that they offer lower cost options than the alternatives I mentioned previously. Well, I mean, there, there, there's no mystery to why using a, a high interest rate credit card or taking a high interest loan is a bad idea. Probably the worst thing in the universe for a variety of reasons, tax implications, future planning, et cetera, is to go rating your 401k. But some employees don't have really great credit scores. And even if they wanted to avail themselves of one of those those first two options, either the, the loan or the credit card, it's difficult for them. What do those folks do? Yeah, that's interesting. So that's really what some of these programs, these workplace loan programs are offering, is they're, what, we're, what they're doing is they're not concentrating on the credit risk of the employee. They're concentrating on the termination risk of the employee. Explain that. What does that mean? And so what that means is that if you're an employer and you offer a workplace loan program, there's a a few in the market. If you offer one of those programs, an employee at any time could come and access a apply online for a term loan that they would repay through payroll deduction over time. And so the idea is that as long as these employees are employed, they are going to be able to repay these loans. It's going to automatically come out of their paycheck in equal installments every pay period for either six or 12 months. The only time that it you know, might not get repaid is if they leave the employer. And at that point, the vendor would have to reach out to the terminated employee and set up an alternative payment method. But while they're employed, the vendor is, is, is in pretty good shape. And so the only, so what instead of, you know, say, say you have an employee that has poor credit, but they've been on the job for 10 years. They're not a risk to the lender because the lender thinks, Hey, this guy's been on the job for 10 years. They're going to stay employed. They're going to be there at the end of the term of the loan. So that's what the, these programs are doing is they're changing the risk profile of the consumer. Number one, because they're getting repaid through payroll deduction and not relying on the employee to log in, you know, once a month to repay them. But they're also underwriting the employment data, not just credit score. And a lot of that employment data has to do with tenure. So that's what's really cool about these programs is that you can avoid looking just at credit score like other lenders do. Is it okay for an employer to discriminate? Let's say you have two employees who are otherwise equal and both in need, and one of them has been on the job three or four months, and the other one's been on the job 10 or 12 months. Is an employer allowed under the law to make a determination as to which employee employee would qualify for one of these loans? And how does that work? So what programs do is usually they would work with the employer prior to implementation to set up an eligibility period. And because the vendor is, let's call it the lender, right? The lender, it's it's their balance sheet. So the employer probably doesn't care too much whether an employee that just started or an employee that's been there two years Usually, the the vendor is going to set an eligibility period of six or 12 months sort of to mitigate the termination risk because employees that have been on the job for at least six or 12 months are more likely to stay on the job opposed to the person that was just hired. Okay, this sounds really interesting, but there's another option that I know a lot of employees take advantage of because this kind of a program isn't really widely disseminated yet. I suspect it will be, and that's payday loans. What's wrong with doing that? A lot of things. And I think that is, so when banks stopped lending to offering unsecured loans to consumers, I mean, banks will still lend to the prime, but they're certainly not lending to near prime or subprime. So there's a huge void there. And that's where the payday lenders stepped in. And 
you know, with the mechanisms in place, even though the interest rates are exorbitant, I mean, the price is the price. It's unfortunate, but it is a risky pro, it is a risky population to lend to, but the prices are just exorbitant. And so what a payday lender does is they will, if you go to a payday lender, the street corner, mom and pop shop, you ask for $100, they'll say you have to pay $120 back next week. Now that doesn't sound like much interest, but that's about 400% APR, you know, so annualized interest rate. And the issue is that you borrowed 100 one week and then you have to pay 120 back the following week. Where are you going to get that money the following week? You're already in the hole. So it's just a perpetual debt cycle because the terms of the loans and repayment terms are so short. And that's why a lot of these workplace loan programs have terms are no shorter than three or six months. And they don't want, you know, any, you know, they make small repayments so they're affordable to repay. So payday loans are just, you know, short-term loans that are about a week or two weeks to repay, which equates to really high interest rates, and they're just sort of impossible to get out of that cycle. Well, and, and yep, I mean, before we move into talking about how benefit advisors can market this and how it fits in their portfolios, the research I did prior to our interview shows that about 12 million Americans use these payday loans, even at a 400% APR. That's pretty amazing. It is. So it shows you that there's a need. And I think one of the things that employers might hesitate when they are considering offering a program, a workplace loan program, is that, hey, I don't want to put my employees in more debt because debt is a polarizing topic. Let's be honest. I mean, just the fact that America is in such debt, you know, I think that's one of the reasons. But the issue is that your employees are going to turn somewhere and why not give them the best alternative? You know, most of these programs only allow one loan at a time. So it's really just for emergencies and hardships. You know, they might only have access to this once a year, but opposed to them going to a payday lender or a high interest credit card or dipping into their 401k, offer them a a socially responsible low cost option. Because it's obvious, as you mentioned, that the demand is there. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions. And over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. So if I'm a benefit advisor, and this is a whole new benefit for me that I haven't heard of before, maybe I've, I've seen a little bit of it in the trade press but really don't know a lot about it, what is that employer conversation like? I mean, you, you, you and other, other folks work with benefit advisors. How, if you were schooling me on how to approach an employer, what would be the steps? What would I, what would I need to do to be successful? Yeah. So I, I think there, it depends on the employer and there's sort of 
three channels that you could go down. Number one is just the, the blatant sort of financial wellness. You have a lot of employees that are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, as we mentioned, where are they going to turn when an emergency happens? Why not offer this program where they can get access to socially responsible, low-cost credit during emergencies and hardships to alleviate financial stress, increase productivity, you know, and help retention. Lo- access to low-cost credit is a key pillar of any financial wellness program, which is also going to include sort of budgeting, consultative, and education aspects. However, there is a more detailed approach, which is, we, the, as you know, from the benefit space, a lot of rising out-of-pocket medical expenses, a lot more high-deductible health plans. And employers are worried that their employees might delay care or not get access to the care they need because they don't want to pay the deductibles. So having access to a low-cost loan program might help to mitigate that, and they might feel more comfortable going and, and getting the care that they need. The other thing is retirement readiness. And if you have a 28-year-old that is thinking about taking $10,000 out of their 401k as in a loan or taking $10,000 from Cashable, you know, say they don't pay those that $10,000 back to their 401k because the 401k loan is not portable, th- that $10,000 could could have grown, you know, from age 28 to age 65 in that 401k, you know, in a tax advantaged way, and they would be much better off at retirement. So 25% of American workers that have access to a 401k loan took one, I think in 2015. That's from an Aon Hewitt report. So there's three things. It's the financial wellness aspect. What can we do as an employer to, to make our employees feel more comfortable, give them more financial security throughout the year? And then there's the healthcare aspect where we have a lot of employees that have high out-of-pocket medical expenses, high deductibles, and we don't want to you know, prevent them from getting the care that they need. And then it's the, hey, I want my employees to be ready for retirement, and I don't want them taking 401k loans and depleting those retirement assets. Yeah, let, let's go on record. For, for most people with a 401k that allows loans, taking a loan is about the last resort after the last resort that you should look at. It, it's just, it's not a great idea for a lot of reasons. And so if you have other options, you should probably explore those first. And this sounds like it might be a a great option for a lot of employers. Let's talk in the time we have left. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of this, because if I'm an advisor and I'm talking to the employer, okay, well, we're going to set up an eligibility report and I buy into this. I think this is great. Whichever one of the, the three channels, as you called them, the advisor wants to use. And I think different advisors will choose different ones of those, depending on how their practice is set up and what, what range of services they're offering. How, once that's done, how does an employee apply for a loan and what does that process look like? Yeah. So it's all pretty seamless. As you mentioned, the employer would set up an eligibility feed so that the vendor knows who is a participant, you know, an employee of a participating employer. But the employee would just go online, quickly register, verify that they are who they say they are. At that point, they would have access to some financial literacy or they could move ahead and, and access a loan and they would just hit apply. And the algorithm would quickly run within five seconds. And at that point, the employee would see how much they're able to borrow. They would see their maximum loan amount, which they could select down to a minimum of $250. And in a lot of cases, I think is the minimum loan amount. So they select their loan amount. They would see their interest rate. They could select the term of the loan, whether that's six or 12 or 18 months. 
And then they would sign the loan documents online. It's the loan agreement and a revocable wage deduction authorization. And it all takes about five to 10 minutes. And usually the funds are transmitted into the employee's bank account within three business days, if not sooner. That's pretty much it. And then the employer is notified on a pay period basis just with a a new file that contains all new deductions, any changes to existing deductions. So it's pretty straightforward. And we talked about the stratospheric APRs on payday loans. As we're speaking today, I know this always fluctuates based on markets and whatnot. Six months from now might be a very different answer. But what, what do APRs on these kinds of loans start looking like? Well, the goal of these programs is to be, because the vendor is in such a unique position with its partnership with the employer, and they're really able to change the risk profile of the consumer like no other lender could do, because other lenders are getting repaid directly by the, by the employee. They're not, they don't have access to employment data. They just are relying on credit score. So the fact that these vendors are really able to change the risk profile of the consumer, they're able to offer the most competitive unsecured loan alternative to these employees. So whether you're a prime borrower and you could go to a bank and get an unsecured loan, these programs should be just as competitive, if not more competitive, and certainly easier because it takes about five to 10 minutes online opposed to going to your local store branch. Or if you have average credit and your best alternative is a credit card, you know, credit card cash advances are in the mid 20s to high 20s. The goal of these programs is to be far better than those alternatives. And then certainly if you're a subprime borrower and your only option is a payday loan at 400% APR, you're going to see a much, much, much better option from these programs. So most of these programs, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but, you know, start around 6% APR. But again, across the board, they will be the the best unsecured loan alternative that these employees will see. One last setup and technical kind of question. I know an awful lot of times if you're in a, if you're with an employer that's big enough to have a dedicated HR staff, sometimes HR looks at every new employee benefit as an incoming missile. Is, is this for most of the ways these are set up, is it burdensome at all for the HR department or do they, do they see this as the, the benefit that it is to the employees? You know, it's, we've, we've seen great feedback in the market. I think that people always ask, you know, what's the reason why an employer wouldn't offer a program like this? And a lot of time it is, you know, hey, you know, every new program is a missile. Every new program is going to take a lot more work and we're just not ready for, an, for another benefit. But we've seen from across the client spectrum that employers feel great about what we're doing. A lot of times we can connect directly with benefit administration systems and maybe directly with the payroll vendor. So it's entirely seamless and automated. So it's, it's not much work at all. It's a, it's a file share once a pay period where we receive an eligibility file and we share back a payroll deduction file. It, it just sounds like a really, really great option for advisors to talk about because it does two things. It it solves an employee need that is, I guess, until recently been going pretty much unmet. And it also allows benefit advisors to offer a, a broader range of, of service to start talking about financial well-being and, and all of those components. So Jameson and Favre, we thank you for spending time with us today. Jameson, again, is Director of Business Development at Cashable. Jameson, we hope you'll come back as this industry matures. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. 
To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltsmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business. Oh, 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 o